This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Super J Cast. I'm Joel Abraham, joined by Damon McDonald. Damon, how are you? I'm good. Just came out of some REM sleep. <laughs> I feel like I'm still in a dream. <laughs> you ever have that wake up moment where you're like, oh, I'm running late now? That's me. Because uh, here's the thing I even rolled over. Like, it was like five o'clock, the alarm went off. Um, and I was like, all right, I got an hour. I can just kind of just lie here, kind of ease into it. Next thing I know, boop. <laughs> I'm late. Uh, Did you have any like wacky or, or scary, stressful dreams where you, know, you dream that you're doing the podcast and then you look down and you're not wearing any trousers? I don't have, I don't can't remember. Uh, let's put it this way. I would take a pill right now for any reason. <laughs> no, I would take a pill right now if I could never have another dream again. I, I don't have good dreams. I have dreams where I can't find things. I can't get to one place or another. Um, or David, that uh, sounds like my life. <laughs> <laughs> right, but that, those are like I just like I don't have sexy dreams. I don't have dreams where I like win the lottery. I don't have dreams where uh, you know fucking anything good happens. I, all of my dreams revolve around I can't find something. I or nine times out of ten, it's. I'm someplace, I have to get to point B, and I can't get there for whatever reason. I often have dreams where, well, I have similar dreams, but mine often are, I'll be driving a car, but for some reason I'm not physically capable of doing it. Like, my feet can't reach the pedals or something like that. (laughs) That's really scary. Uh, I don't like them. Again, I, I, and here's the thing, too. As I found... As I've grown in age, sleep is not as refreshing as it once was. Like, I remember sleeping and waking up and being like, ah, that was a great sleep or whatever, you know, but not feeling like I wake up, I feel like death. I feel like every bone in my body has, I don't know what I'm doing when I sleep. Like, I must be doing some kind of fucking kickboxing or something because I, I feel physically terrible. Like, my knees hurt, my hips hurt, my back. Oh, my God, my fucking back. Probably doesn't help carrying around fucking 900 pounds. Oh, my God, Joel. Here, listen to this. Let's add to the fucking misery. I, uh... (laughs) I don't can't believe I'm going to share this, but I'm going to share this anyway. Uh, I have to go to the doctors every uh, six months because I get a medication to help me sleep. Ambien. Um, and I need it because I can't, I can fall asleep, but I can't stay asleep. So in the United States, it's a controlled substance, blah, blah, blah. So I have to get periodically checked to make sure I'm not dying, blah, blah, blah. Do they do so that I, for babies? Just just asking for a friend. <laughs> but sorry, please continue. Yeah. Um, so I uh, go... And the first thing you do is they, they they cart you in and then they weigh you. Joel, 
I'm not even going to set an over under number. Guess how much weight I have gained during this pandemic. The the last time I saw them was legit right after I got back from Japan, right before the shit hit the fan with COVID number nineteen. Take a guess of how much weight I have gained. Um, ten pounds of gold. Hmm. Thirty. One pounds. So it's the equivalent of three NWA titles and yeah. three, three point one. <laughs> I had three. I'm a triple champion. I won all three of the never titles. <laughs> uh, I, 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 even I was floored. I was like, man, I know I really did some damage, but third, he's like, that's physically impossible. You understand that? I was like, well. Tough times you're going through, Doc. Yeah, I mean, come on, who cares? This is we're in the middle of a global pandemic. Let's not beat ourselves up, but we've all put on weight, you know. Thirty one though, Joel? Thirty one's a big number. That's not ten pounds. Thirty what that's that's a that's a small child I gained. That's some, well, that's that was something you and I have in common then. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. You actually gained a child. I gained the 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 <laughs> the weight. Uh, equivalent of a child. I'm carrying. I'm with child. I believe. If, if you take a look at me, I'm with child. Um, so here we go again. Uh, now I got to get back on the fucking bandwagon and all that shit. And it's, it's for the better. But I just have no fucking motivation. I have motivation of doing it. I just don't want to do it. Does that make any sense? Like I'm literally like I would love to be this. I would love to have this. I would love to feel this way. Oh, I got to do it. Uh. <laughs> like I did, and I don't know how I changed that. I don't know what mentally in me I have to do to change that. I, I I don't know. I don't know. I wish I had the answers. Anyway, Yoshihashi. <laughs> well, I was going to say maybe you can take some inspiration from the heroic turnaround of. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, to be honest, Damon, I think you need to answer for your crimes, your slander against the king, because. Henceforth, I mean, Sunday, August the 9th will surely forever be known as Yoshihashi Day. But before we get into that, we do have a question from Ark on our Discord who asks, with the reaction to Yoshihashi winning his first belt being as positive as it was, do either of you have lower-ranked guys or lower-league sports teams that you support, even though there's no chance of them winning anything more than a small-time championship or barely scrap into the top 10? Now, <laughs> first of all, this does look like a question specifically designed for an Arsenal supporter and a Maple Leafs supporter. Mm. Uh, Damon, do you want to give us a, a comparison of Yoshihashi and the Toronto Maple Leafs? Oh, boy, could I ever. Uh, well, Joel... As I'm sure you're you're well aware. First, this team, again, has not won dick all. Let's just use modern times. 2004. This team has been in the playoffs, what, five times in that entire span? And in each round, each first round of the playoffs, they get knocked out in the most heartbreaking way. Usually... In a seven-game series, they they take it to seven games and lose that seventh game. And it was Boston almost every single year we would lose to. Uh, this year, again, pandemic, blah, 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 blah. Uh, it was a great – here's the thing. It was a, it was a super fun series. I'm not going to lie. Um, it, and it went to five games. Um, the Maple Leafs in game three, Joel, blew – a three goal. They had three goals 
a three-goal lead, blew it, shit the bed, lost the game. And I'm like, this fucking team, uh, I, I'm gonna, I, why do I do this? The next night, they're, they're getting their ass handed to them all night long, right? And I'm texting my friend, like, why do I follow this fucking team? Why do I do this to myself? What the, what the fuck is my problem that, that this is the team? Uh, in a span of three minutes, Joel, in a span of three minutes at the end of the game, mind you, with an empty net so they can have an extra skater, they tie the game. They score three goals. An unbelievable, I'm freaking out. Overtime. Austin Matthews, their star, buries it, win the game. I'm like on cloud nine. This has never happened to us in years. It's never happened in the history of the league to to do what they did. Away we go. Game five. And I, I feel good, but I feel more high from the win. Right? I feel more high from that. Unbelievable. And everybody's the talk of the town. We're the talk of the town. Game five, we lose. We don't score a goal. We don't score a goal. Joel, our, we have four players that get paid $40 million. Four players, between four players. The Columbus Blue Jackets, their entire three lines, nine people, make right around that much. I don't even think it's that much that they make. It's unbelievable. I we never win. We never do anything. We do, we don't do anything. We stink. We always stink. It's heartbreaking. We never win. Why do I do it? Why do I put myself through it? Every fucking time. I got to sit there and watch this fucking team Shit to bed and do nothing. Do nothing. Since the 60s. I haven't been alive. I haven't been alive. (laughs) I hate it. I've kept it in for days, and this is the only place that I've really talked about it. Like Cheryl's, even last night, Cheryl was like, You all right? You seem sad. I was like, No, I'm fine. I'm fine. It just bothers me. It bothers me a lot. I'm gutted. I, I I genuinely didn't know that the Maple Leafs had, so they're out of the tournament. Then it's gone from. They are year. out. <sighs> and and to and to let's let's rub a little just a little bit more salt in a wound. So the teams that get out of the bubble uh, get get placed in this lottery, uh, and it's for the number one pick in this year's draft, right? And then the person who's projected to be the number one pick is apparently a franchise changer. Like he's a player so good that that scouts and pro you know, they're projecting this kid to be a massive impact on a franchise. So with Toronto out, they get a ping pong ball ball in this lottery, and they didn't win the lottery. <laughs> New York Rangers. I saw there was some sort of controversy about that, like a freeze frame where it looked like you were very close to winning the top lottery pick or something. Um, well, I know that I watched it last night, or it was on like around six in the afternoon, and um, so it was really weird. It was kind of like 
the bachelor it felt like like how they were doing it so they had like this this official guy like this official accountant guy like from the the some you know law firm and he's they've got the briefcase and there's ping pong balls in the briefcase and the commissioner of the nhl is there and they have to verify the logo he's like is this the logo of the new york rangers yes this is the logo of it's, it was just so ridiculous anyhow they get to the rangers one and the guy takes the ping pong ball out of the, out of the case and, and he holds it up for the camera and but he before he verifies the commissioner verifies that it's the logo of the New York Rangers the guy drops that ball into the hopper right uh and then he had to go in fish it out and pick it back up to do that thing and then drop it back in well that's the ping pong ball that hit so everybody's like oh, it's, it's fucked up uh, but it's not i mean what are you going to do um I don't know, Joel. What? What? what I mean, give me your, give me, an, give me an Arsenal sad story. You got fucking fourteen FA Cups. What are you crying about? Well, our most highly paid player. I don't know if you might have heard of him. Mesut Özil is yes. earning three hundred and fifty thousand pounds a week, which in U.S. dollars would be. Let me just work that out. Uh, about. Half a million. Oh, okay. <laughs> half a million dollars. Yeah. Okay. Like a week. Just, just under a week. Okay. And since the the start up again, he hasn't played a single minute. Manager doesn't like him. He doesn't want to leave. He his his contract goes for, I think it's another year. It might be another two years actually. So he's quite happy to just you know sit on the bench, collect his money, not play. And just seeing all our money slowly go down the shitter, uh, I think fifty-five people, of members of staff, like non-playing staff, have been laid off and been made redundant. Oh, really? <laughs> this guy's getting paid, so that's a bit depressing. Yeah, that's not good. That's not a good look. That's not a good look. It's just our players, man. I and I love like our top guys. His name's Austin Matthews. I, I, I he's, he's tremendous, and I, I thought he had played a fantastic series. There were times. Where he carried people on 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 his back, uh, John Tavares, another one, great. I thought he played very well. Uh, we have a defenseman, uh, Morgan Riley, who I think is great. Who, again, if we're being fair, fucked up a couple times, but I felt like made up for those mess ups. Um, oh, Joel, we have a guy, William Nylander, who oh, I just he enrages me so much. He's one of those guys that people will like to tell you that. Ah, uh, he does things so well that it doesn't look like he puts in any effort. No, he's not putting in any effort. <laughs> like, and and he just has this look on his face, like almost he looks like Brian Kendrick, almost. If, if, to give you a, an example, like Brian Kendrick, or uh, maybe you know him as Spanky. Uh, he has that look where that with that that pointy little nose. It, it looks very much like him, and he like. Oh, there's always pictures of him like, like wearing fashionable things, and it's just so highly annoying. Ah, uh, and he floats around the ice, doesn't do fucking anything. Uh, just ah, uh. and then we, and then the rest of our team is just built around garbage. Like we have garbage support. Like we have our top players in the in this last game played. Like each of them played thirty minutes, which is unheard of. Because they just kept putting them out there because we had nothing else. 
We had our star players who, who peppered them, just pounding them, and because we had no other players that could do anything. And here's the thing: it was all year, like even I, all year, I was saying, "It's like this is not a good team. This is not a good team." And then away we go, away we go. But here's the good news: now I can watch the NHL playoffs and not feel anything. <laughs> You know what I mean? I can be like, all right, you know, let's watch it for the pure. And here's the thing: it's really good. It's, I I think the NHL has done an absolutely fucking unbelievable job with this uh, COVID lockdown bubble situation. Of all the sports, I've enjoyed that the most. Um, all right, we'll take your calls after this with Joel and Damon's Sport Hotline, brought to you by <laughs> Verizon. <laughs> You actually just reminded me of the time, what was it, in 2016 when Brian Kendrick and Ibushi had like a four and a half star amazing match, <laughs> the Cruiserweight Classic with like burning hammers and all this incredible shit. Yeah. I told, I saw him at, um, he was at Ring of Honor in Las Vegas for some apparent reason. Um, and he was like walking around and I had a beer in my hand. I was like, oh, Brian Kendrick. And he's like, hey, what, what, what the fuck are you doing here? He's like, uh. So you're gonna get some work. <laughs> like, oh, okay, <laughs> someone also once bought me a Brian Kendrick action figure. Is that right? I don't think I've still got it, but yeah, it was when he was having his. He had kind of like a half push in WWE. This must have been around 2008, 2009, when yeah. he was being pushed as the Brian Kendrick. And mm-hmm. yes, yeah, I was like, yeah, I like this guy. Someone bought me his action figure. I was like, this is great. And then. <laughs> He was like immediately like tossed out of the Royal Rumble after about five seconds. Yeah, paint it, bl- paint it blue and put an eighty-eight on it, and you got yourself fucking a William Nylander. <laughs> and then shove right, it, well, and, and shove it on, square this, up your ass. Damon. <laughs> Good news: the Never Six Man Tournament. We got we got new champions here. We, uh, yeah. I, I don't want to go through this tournament match by match because I no. can't fucking remember what <laughs> what happened on these cards. Uh, but the final, we can talk about that because yeah. That I really enjoyed. I thought it was a really, really good match. And um, let's just get the results here exactly. Loading up the old New Japan Pro Wrestling website. So uh, Yoshihashi, Tomohiro Ishii and Hiroki Goto win with uh, Ishii pinning show with a vertical drop brain buster after uh, 24 minutes and 18 seconds to become the 21st never open weight six men, six man champions. Uh, Steel O'Neill says, has there been another match that completely changed your mind on a wrestler? as that never six-man tag title match has done for all of us new Hashi heads. David, uh, what did you think of this? Has Yoshihashi evolved uh, beyond being a bag of socks for you? Uh, I mean, look, I don't want to take away from the guy's moment, and I don't want to fucking, you know, because it was a a good moment, right? Um, You actually felt something there. Uh, And... uh, I, I think the emotions were real. I, I think a lot of the emotions were real. That being said, Joel, uh, he was in the ring with a lot of supporting cast who helped make that match fun. The match was fun. The match was good. Um, a, a, he had a good supporting cast in there. Um, it's the never six-man titles, right? <laughs> We're gonna, we're gonna I, go. I think you've you got to say job well done for making, well, I can only speak for myself, but for making me care about the Never Six Men belts and also making me care about Yoshihashi. And that's probably 
the ceiling for both him and the titles. But right. it was a good job. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. But let's again, I don't I don't I, again I don't want to take away from a moment. I don't really, I don't want to be a wet blanket. But again, it's they could New Japan could do this to anything. You know what I mean? If 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 they wanted to make the prize a glass of of whole milk, uh, <laughs> they they could make it interesting and make people care that oh my god he's going to drink the fucking glass. Oh my god he's drank the glass. <laughs> you know? Well, I said yeah. the same on Twitter. I said you know it's proof of concept that you can make any title and any match meaningful if you give it the right build up with a well told story and you let them have enough time to to you know tell their story in the ring and it was successful. Yeah. Absolutely. We've said it. How many times have we said it? That it's they have so many talented people that anybody who gets the tap on the shoulder can perform at a higher higher level than maybe what they normally would. And at a high level of, hey, these people will eat this up. These people being us. Um, yeah, but it's, again, a great moment. They did it. They did it well. Um, they gave you a little story in there to tug at your heartstrings and make you feel something. That's awesome. That's what to me. That's what pro wrestling is, right? To to make you feel, right? And I always say, it's not about flips. It's not about fucking moves with a Z. It's not about whatever. It's what you feel a five star match is, or what you. That's a that's a great catchphrase. You got to use that, Damon. Get it on a t shirt. It's not about flips. It's about feels. It that's exactly but that's exactly what it is, right? Like like when you feel that five, you pace and you feel energy and it feels better than any drug. And it feels euphoric and uh you know you and and you want to share it with people. Like you wanna get online and be like, oh fuck it, that was great. Or you wanna, you know, text your your friends, or you wanna do a podcast for three hours. Right, and it gives you fucking energy to do that. Those those are the things that make pro wrestling great, and 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 that's what taps into the emotion. When I talk about sports, yes, I like the physical aspect of pro wrestling, but what makes sport great? And me dying with the Maple Leafs, and and Joel dying with Arsenal, and who the team that you, you might root for. It's that emotion that makes sports great because when you lose, it's painful and it takes you 10 minutes to get the fuck over it. And and when they win, you're – and when they win in dramatic fashion, when you didn't think they could possibly win, it's euphoric and you can't believe it and you're high and you can't fall asleep at night. That's what great pro wrestling is. You got a taste of that with Yoshihashi because you got real emotion. You got a guy who hadn't seen – fucking gold in his entire career and guys are just right in the highway right in the fucking fast lane blowing by him and he's sitting there with his thumb in his ass saying well I guess I'll just be the fucking job boy of chaos again it's the never six man titles I cannot put these titles in a long uh, history of, of, of importance but they made it important for two weeks or not even two weeks, you know, a week, they made these belts a focal point. And at the end of the day, the story was a guy who, the perennial bag of socks, the, the constant loser, the, the guy who everyone likes to point a finger at and be like, eh, bag of socks, 
that I started. Let's be honest here. I'm I'm cruel and I'm and I and I take full blame for it. Um, he he shined and he got his moment, and and that is good pro wrestling. I thought it was quite fitting as well that he didn't actually get the winning pin, and mm-hmm. um, that the story of the match they sort of tapped into his history with Okara and of course they had that infamously bad match at I think Wrestle Kingdom 6 was it when they I think they both returned from their excursion and they both just looked like absolute shit um, one guy went on to great success and Yoshihashi didn't uh, so it was kind of fitting that we had the closing stretch you know really great bit with um, Sho and Ishii going back and forth Oh yeah, and of course Ishii getting the winning pinfall over Sho but in the background, the camera was clearly positioned in a way where you could see Okada trying to make the save, but Yoshihashi just sort of grabbing him and preventing him. So in his own little Yoshihashi way, that was him getting one small victory over Okada by preventing him from getting in the ring and breaking up that pin so his boys and his team could win the the title. So I thought that was really cool. And you know, a few people were down on the Okada-Yoshihashi segment. Johanna said, would Okada versus Yoshihashi be the worst submission match of all time? I might be on an island here, but I quite enjoyed the sections of the match between them. I know it was quite slow, but I thought there was a lot of drama in the submission near falls with the, the money clip and the bus fight lot because they both scored uh, a, a few submission wins with that in the build-up to this. So I thought there was reasonable doubt that either of those could have ended the match. So I, I really liked it. I thought it was good. Um, and, you know, you had uh, all the Chaos Boys together, all six of them in the ring at the end. You know, Yoshi, uh, uh, Okada being like, you know, the proud big brother, like, ah, you got me this time, kid. Well done. Giving him the belt. And all six of them like, hey, doing their sushi zanmai pose. And everyone retweeting, you know, the, the crying Yoshihashi fan from the G1 Aww. video. And, yeah, just uh, in uh, a rare feel-good moment from New Japan because, you know, it's all sort of, bad guy heavy at the moment with the story of evil and bullet club and all that and you know the breakup of lij so it was nice to have uh, a genuinely heartwarming moment with you know all six guys regardless of who won and who lost getting in the ring and be like hey well done lads yeah i i tell you it's weird how so many people turn to that that young lady in that video um and their thoughts kind of go to ah. Oh, but she's having a good night, you know. What I mean, I bet, I bet, you know, she's she's probably got some tears in her eyes. Um, how that little video had has really made her—I don't want to say a star, but um, she'll be forever attached to to Yoshihashi fandom. And I, I can't tell you how many people have mentioned that 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 video and her, you know, getting overwhelmed and upset just just talking about how he tells us to never give up and I support him and blah, blah, blah. Um, and that's, I mean, and look, it, to, to me, for one week, the never six-man titles were important. And that that's good. They had lots of time to do things like that. Um, I don't know. It felt like they just gave a nice little small sub-story. And all the things that you described, it being... Chaos versus chaos. Uh, Okada playing that role of big brother and leader of the faction, handing the belt over. Red Shoes. The small thing of Red Shoes turning 
everybody around, especially Yoshihashi, because he's not used to getting titles, Joel. He doesn't really know where the hard camera is. So he's got to turn them. Uh, he's going to physically move them over just to make sure everything, you know, this is what a champion does, Yoshi. Uh, so that was cool. That was pretty funny, actually. Uh, and again, kind of almost like real life hitting hitting uh, pro wrestling. Um, I thought the match was was very good. Uh, again, they had a lot of talent in there. We also have another layer built from that with the possibility of, of Ishii and show, which I am all in for. I, I'm fucking I think that that would be wonderful. Um, the submission stuff I was I was okay with. Um, I, do I want to see an Okada Yoshihashi feud of any kind? Uh, you know, not really. Not really. He, look, he's still Yoshiyashi. He didn't instantly become uh, uh, Ricky Chochu for me. Okay, he didn't instantly become uh, uh, Roshi Tanahashi. Uh, he's still Yoshiyashi. So, but again, I, I, I don't want to take away from his moment. I don't want to take away from his time in the spotlight. Um, guy. Guy paid his dues um, to get to where he is, and he – I don't know. I felt, I felt good for him. I felt good for him. I, they, they made, and I felt good for those pocket of fans that are fans of Yoshihashi. They got a little, they got a little carrot. Um, and I'm also, fan, I'm also happy for fans of New Japan Pro Wrestling because, again, if you didn't – Again, am I the biggest Yoshihashi fan? Of course not. I'm not. He's there. I don't. Uh, I don't hate him. He's just there, right? Even that for me was like, all right, that's that's fucking cool. Good, good for him. It's a good moment. Yeah, it was like planetary alignment where everything lined up perfectly to get you caring about Yoshihashi and caring about the Never Six Man titles. And I think in many ways that the famous fan of his who was crying is uh, emblematic of the, the magic and the beauty of pro wrestling. Like, whoever you are, whatever your position on the roster, however, you know, the general consensus might be you're a bag of socks or whatever, you've always got a small group of very passionate fans who love you for who you are and the effort you're putting in and, and going to stick by you through thick and thin. So, yeah, really lovely moment. And, um, I mean, what are your thoughts on the, the tournament as a whole, um, any other matches stood out to you? I thought the semi-final with um, Ibushi, Tanahashi, and Wato uh, against uh, Yoshihashi, Ishii, and Goto was really good. Particularly the closing stretch between Yoshihashi and Master Wato that really stood out to me because, again, two guys who, by and large, people look at as you know mean wrestlers. I mean, it may, it may be a bit too early to say that for Master Wato, but certainly for Yoshihashi, and they put on a genuinely exciting back and forth closing stretch with near falls and reversals and counters that I thought was really exciting. So that was uh, not, another thing that stood out to me. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was going to say that was the one that I, that stood out to me as well. And, and for a lot of the same reasons that you talked about, um, again, it, it, it hasn't been the best debut for Watto, uh, in my mind. Um, I, I think he's starting to shake that off a little bit. I think not, not, not only is he becoming a little bit more comfortable in who he is and and learning to make this work, um, I think people are starting to kind of get com- more comfortable with it too. I think both. I, th- I think what made it really weird was the combination. I think Kawata coming out, he you could see he didn't feel it. 
right? It almost was like he knew this was, oh, this is going to fucking shit the bed. And, of course, you know, New Japan fandom right there to to, to help him along. You know, then express their uh, concern and then turn it into a meme. Um, but I think both both are coming a little bit closer to understanding what this is with him. Um, and I think that that helped. Um, I can't say any of the matches were, were spectacular or any of the matches were... Um, this is not rewatchable, right? There's, there's, there, especially some of those early matches with, with, with what was it, uh, Makabe and Holman. I mean, and we're not going back and watching any of this shit, are we? No, I don't think so. But that was never the purpose, was it? I think they had four shows to fill. They needed to do something with the never six man titles, so they gave us something that I thought was exciting and fun to watch and meaningful for the the long. You know, they used it also the tournament to set up other stories like uh, yeah. KOPW matches like the Bushi count out against Yano where he tied his mask on the fence and set up matches for, for Jingu uh, like the Suzuki and Shingo stuff and uh, so I think all things being told it was uh, successful it, it achieved its purpose yeah well they had a lot of time to fill and, and our biggest complaint during that time was okay are these just going to be just dead Gorkin shows um, yeah, and they filled it. And here's another thing too. Let's let's also be truthful. The idea of of having a never six man tag tournament, the the general idea of a six man tag is you don't have to work as hard, right? And I'm not saying these guys didn't work hard. I think they worked they worked hard in in some cases. <laughs> Right, right, but I don't think you know they're they're going out there and killing themselves. Um, so that I think is smart as well, right? You you're filling shows in a tournament to get you excited about a, a title that you know doesn't have a lot of polish on it, um, and a guy who in the end doesn't have a lot of polish on him, and uh, yeah, you you killed a lot of birds with one stone without really having to move the needle all that much. That's that's really intelligent pro wrestling, I think. In my mind, that's 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 really smart. When you when what's the what's the phrase, Joel? When the world gives you lemons, make lemonade. And they did. Bash asked, "Do you think they keep the momentum going with six man belts post G one season, or let them slide into obscurity again like before?" I mean, if you're not doing anything with those three guys, there's absolutely no reason why they couldn't be using those belts to headline a show or a coracle and. I don't know, once a month. I think it could be used more frequently. Now they can. Um, I don't know. Like, if we're, we press the button and everything is is back to air quotes normal, the never six-man titles are a 10, 12-minute match fourth on the show, right? Um, now, again, half the roster, can't get in, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, yeah, they can do that now, and they should do that now. There's no reason why they why, why they shouldn't do that now. Um, but I don't know if we would have the same focus on the never six man titles if if all things considered, everything was back to normal. Yeah, I'm not going to hold my breath for the you know magically to start booking them as if they're meaningful, but 
I think we've got to give them credit for doing a good job here. And I mean, we've been asking for the heavyweight title uh, tag titles to be booked uh, better, and they've done that, and they've stuck with that. So, you know, just giving the benefit of the doubt that they will do um, an improved booking with an ever six men belts. Um, does anything else stand out to you from those four nights at Coraquin? I mean, uh, just little bullet points I had here. First of all, they tried to use that new phone app where people could press buttons to uh, sure. generate certain responses. That didn't seem to work at all. I, I just I figure it was too quiet to be audible. And it was just louder for people to clap. So I guess I think that one's a bit of a non-starter. Um, other moments I enjoyed was uh, when Watto had a match uh, again. He got a winning fall against Yotosuji and he did his RPP off the top rope and just bounced right off Yotosuji's ribs. Yeah. <laughs> and then afterwards, you could see him sort of leaning back and being like, "Sorry, mate," as he pinned him, which I thought was really good. Uh, Okada getting really into Show's entrance music and clapping like a big geek. Um, and also this little mini feud going on between Gabe and Suji, where they're having a little back and forth between, you know, what's better, the LA Dojo or the New Japan Dojo. And the one of the recent backstage comments is quite funny because Yota Suji really sort of earnestly was saying to Gabe, like, look, you're the only LA Dojo guy stuck here. I think you should join the New Japan gym. I'll, you know, I'm, I'm the top guy there. I'll take you under my wing. You can come, you know, work out with us. I'll help you. We'll set you on the right path. You'll get more matches. It'll be better for your career. Uh, you you should start speaking more Japanese and then Gabe's just sort of staring at him blankly like obviously not understanding a word he's saying and then Gabe's just like oh, LA Dojo piss off piss off so just thought oh they could have had a really beautiful friendship there and it was just lost in communication it all broke Aww. down there but yeah big big credit to Suji for trying to speak English he did say in English you must speak more Japanese and I was like yeah it, it just Suji's impressed me with his uh, these last four shows and him with his backstage comments as well. It's just a little strengthening that emotional connection I have with Yota Suji. So I enjoyed that as well. So anything else stand out to you from these shows? Yeah. So the one thing, was it, I guess it was finals night. Um, uh, and it was Gabriel Kidd. It was a tag match. It was the opening tag. And I forget which young lion was in there. Was it um, Uremra? Um And Gabriel Kidd against... Uh, was it Ghetto and Yujiro? I think it was the opening match. And the only reason I remember it is the fucking beating these two kids took in this match, in this meaningless opening tag match, where they were getting whipped and... <laughs> to, to set up this stupid stipulation match with Okada and Yujiro having their 15th match <laughs> in as many days. Right. You just imagine Geno and Yujiro coming out with a strap being like, sorry lads, we, we've got to get this stipulation over somehow. Like, oh, right. Christ. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, I listen to the history of pro wrestling. Uh, jobbers have been brutalized, right? They, I mean, there have been times where you will watch a match and be like, they fucking destroyed this poor guy making 15 bucks for this shot. Uh, I just felt so bad for those two. Like, they were, his back was just torn to shit, bleeding. I was like, just to get over a stip like this? I was like, oh my God. Uh, somebody didn't sweep up right. And, and dad, it's you two that have taken the lashes, son. Oh, I, that 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 was. Uh, I felt bad. I felt bad. I was, that's called that's called paying dues right there. 
Um, yeah, they, 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 they took a beating. So, I mean, overall, they were decent shows. Um, again, with, with the cherry on top being um, a nice little emotional pro wrestling moment. So good for them. Uh, let's stick with KOPW 2020 because they've announced some matches for August 26th at Coracle. And so uh, the first one we've got is Okada versus Yudro. And Okada has proposed a one versus three handicap match where he's going to take on Yudro, Ghetto and Jado by himself. And Yudro has proposed a lumberjack strap match. So if you get thrown out the ring, you're going to get whipped with a strap. So, uh, I mean, neither of those <laughs> get my heart racing. But at the end of the day, it is Okada versus Yudro. You know, you could, you could put you know TLC match or best two out of three falls no time limit whatever you want it's not going to polish that particular turd so uh, uh, either of those you particularly want to see I mean I'm leaning more towards the lumberjack strap match because uh, I don't particularly want to see Okada babyface in peril getting beaten up with long heat segments from the Bullet Club boys for 15 fucking minutes or however long it is yeah I mean there's a history of that I remember didn't uh um no, no, they have Anoki do he did a few of those, if I'm not mistaken. Um uh, like like three on one matches. I just I, I think there's one on New Japan World, if I'm not mistaken. Um I could be dead wrong, but um yeah, they, they've done that in the past. So that might be a little tip of the cap to Anoki, uh, actually, on that one. Um I was a little disappointed they did nobody mentioned the bra and panties match, Joel. I thought maybe <laughs> maybe maybe Uchiro would would suggest that. Uh that would be a uh that would be a uh a, a blast from the past in the nineties. Um no I mean I can't say that I'm overly excited about uh the possibilities of a any type of strap match or uh a three on one match. I think uh not Super. I, I think eventually we'll get some cre- some some creativity, and again, maybe a blast from the past. A wink, wink, nudge, nudge, um, might happen. But yeah, it doesn't feel like there's a lot of uh, creativity with these steps so far. When do the fans get to vote? That's what I want to know because I'm 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 hiring a bot to to fuck up the the voting because we are going to do. Oh, let's pick the craziest pro wrestling match we possibly can. Uh, and skew the voting somehow um, with a write-in vote for like a scaffold match or some shit like that. I, I love the idea, but it's just going to be like a 50-50 shot, isn't it, between the two stipulations proposed by yeah. the wrestlers, presumably. Uh, by the way, you didn't watch My Dad as a Heel Wrestler, did you? No, I didn't watch Okay, well, we've got a question about that, but that I'm going to press delete. Uh, right, the other oh. match, well, one of the other matches for KOPW 2020 first round will be Satoshi Kojima versus El Desperado. Uh, this one, I'm not so clear because one of the backstage interviews, Desperado said he was going to have a, a propose a finishers only rules match where only Kojima's Lariat or Desperado's Pinche Loco would be eligible for a three count. But then the next day, he changed his mind and said that he wanted a no Lariat, no Pinche Loco stipulation match. And Kojima hasn't proposed anything. So uh, I don't know what that one's going to be. But uh, yeah, your thoughts on seeing Kojima versus Despi? Well, it's a little different, right? It's not something that we would normally see. Uh, I think it could be good. I think it could be good. I think Kojima has has a lot in the tank. Singles match has me a little bit concerned, but eh, not too much. I'm sure they'll gimmick it up with something. Um, 
Do, do you think they're up to something with Desperado, given that he has faced the likes of Ishii and Shingo and now Kojima? We, you know, these are three established heavyweights. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing I was going to mention. It does feel like that that junior tag uh, label that people put on him is is slowly fading away. I think he needs to get a win, though. Do you think, think he, there's a chance of him? I mean, if he, if they go with this no finishes stipulation, which would benefit him as the quote unquote junior, that you could get like the flash pin for or whatever. I mean, I wonder if they're setting him up for the possibility of being in the G1. They got they got to do a lot of that, don't they? Yeah, they we will come on to that. that. We've got a, dis- a G1 discussion lined up, but I do. I, I am curious that possibly with them not being certain who's going to be back in the country by the time the G1 kicks off, that they are just sort of moving pieces into place where if they need to give Despi a tap on the shoulder and put him in the G1, people aren't like, what? Fucking junior? This is ridiculous. Well, here's the thing. You get him, You give him a pin over uh, Kojima, that instantly sets up two kind of thoughts in people's heads. One, okay, he beat a heavyweight. He could, he could be in this tournament. Uh, and... You know, you got to figure this is one of the last ones for Kojima, right? That's, I mean, he doesn't have that many more G1s in him, does he? Um, yeah, he hasn't so been that in one might- since 2017, if I'm not mistaken. And he hasn't officially retired from them. So, yeah, this could be sort of like a de facto G1 qualifier. Right. Seems like, you know, I, I seem to remember uh, Yuji uh, getting a nice little tour. Uh, to kind of symbolize his last one. Uh, Tenzan, the same thing. So I'm just saying, if it, it would be a, a nice a nice little way to, to, to connect the dots there of having him take the fall and be like, okay, well, I got to prove myself during G1. This is, you know, it's make or break for me. I got to make sure I can still do this shit. And for Despy, it's, hey, pin, pin to heavy. I've been fighting heavies. I, I, I took Shingo to, to the limit. Um. Yeah, I think this is. Uh, I think they have to. They need bodies to fill this tournament. Um, if they're going to, if they're going to do it the way that they've always done it. Um. Yeah, they're going to have to add some some people that aren't traditionally thought of as G one participants in this thing. Another KOPW match is going to be Show versus Sanada, which looks like it's heading towards a submission match with both guys racking up a few submissions over the last few shows. Uh, I, I like the idea of Show and Sanada having a rematch. Of course, Sanada beat Show during the New Japan Cup, and I think the grappling between them is good, but I'm a little bit wary about the drama involved in submissions given Sanada's accusations about him you know not necessarily being the best guy emoting and selling being in peril and uh the skull ends not looking like the most devastating submission maneuver so i'm not sure what the other option is going to be there but that does seem to be the story they're telling yeah that does not like if you're going to put those two guys in a match let's not handcuff them by having them lie on the fucking mat um it, I to me that's a perfect example of stipulations hurting a match and handcuffing a match. Hopefully they can work around it, but yeah, I have no I have no desire to see Sonata rolling around on a fucking mat trying to get in a 
a, a, what arguably is the weakest submission hold uh, in pro wrestling. It's not something I'm looking forward to. Yeah, and I do like seeing Salada rolling around on the map for the purpose of flash pinfalls. Like, I, I loved his match with Zach at uh, Tokyo Dome. I thought that was really good. But, uh, yeah, the submission stuff, I'm not sure about that. So we'll see what the other option is. And the uh, final first-round match for KOPW is Toriano versus Bushi. And it looks like it's going to be no count-outs proposed by Bushi because he got counted out, of course, with his mask tied to the railings. And Yano possibly proposing a one count stipulation like you can win with a flash pinfall that gets one count uh it's just going to be a, a shenanigans match right well first of all th- there are no count outs in every new japan pro wrestling match in case you haven't watched they take they, they can brawl in the crowd for fucking 10 minutes and not have a, anyone get counted out and then all of a sudden 19 <sighs> um listen i just woke up people i'm a little grouchy right um and then um a one count, huh? Well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> seems. I don't know. That could be fun. You know, the minute somebody's shoulders hit the fucking mat, they're scrambling to get up. They can take a backdrop and try and sell it, and then you know, they're ready for the count. I don't yeah, know. I, I can I, imagine I think... like sort of the back and forth with reversals of zero counts. <laughs> right, 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 right. They kicked out a zero. Uh. So it seems very DDT-ish. It 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 does, but if you're gonna have listen, I think people would be more upset if it were fucking, you know, people that I don't want to say hold to a higher regard when it comes to a match. Um, if you're gonna do this, Yano is the guy to do this with, and Yano will make it fun, and you'll I'm sure you'll get a laugh or two out of it. Um, I mean that's what they're going for, right? Um. I yeah, don't I mean, have all, a, all four of those matches are going to be in the same night, so presumably they're trying to have four different kinds of match that are going to be right. paced differently and aiming for to achieve different purposes. So you're trying to get a bit of variety there. Yeah, and and let's be honest, do we think this match is going to go more than five minutes? Like if they stretch it out more than five minutes, it, it'll be ridiculous. Um, so it's, it has to be quick. They're not going to be in there long, um, and it'll be high energy and high paced and. And you know it'll be nonstop. Don't don't look at your phone during this match. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of into this one. I'm, I actually am. I'm kind of into this one. Um, and the idea of of that. I think the worst one for me is the submission match. That one feels like it's you're you're putting these two guys in a in a in a vat of cement. Um, this one is just the opposite. I think you're you're adding energy and adding spice and adding a uh, an element of okay, this could end at any time. I, I like that. Thumbs up for that. Okay, uh, Ted Jeff says, should the KOPW winner be able to challenge for the G1 winner's briefcase? I think it's a great idea to make KOPW mean much more, but it might ruin the prestige of the G1. Yeah, I, um, I'd, I'd like to keep those pools separate, if you don't mind. I'm going to keep, I'm going to keep, it's kind of like touching food on a plate, you know? Are you a big, are you, you do you have, are you a separate eater kind of guy or are you, uh, you don't mind if things get mixed in together? You seem like a guy who doesn't mind things getting mixed in together. Uh, it depends what it is. Like if I'm having a full English breakfast, uh, I would like to uh, use the sausage as a, a breakwater between the beans and everything okay. else. I like that thought. I like that thought. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm kind of, yeah, it kind of depends too. I'm, I, I, I'll, I'll go all in though. I'll, I'll put it all together. I don't give a shit. Um, but to get to the point, I'm not. I'm, I kind of want to keep that shit separate. 
Let's keep that separate. G one's going to be special this year. It's going to be weirder. That's for sure. Um, there's going to be new fresh blood in there. Um, let's just. I, I know 2020 is a fucking the year of let's go crazy and let's take our dicks out and let's run around the block. Is it that year? <laughs> I haven't participated in that yet. Um, but you get my point. And let, but I just want. I, I need some sense of normalcy, Joel. And uh, I, I need my G one to be as G one e as possible, please. Roy asked, with the next four Summer Struggle shows having basically identical cards, any idea which of these shows would be the best to watch? You won't be able to watch any of them, Roy, because uh, if I'm not mistaken, they are house shows. They're not going to be televised. So the next televised shows are going to be the two Coracoins on August 26th and August 27th. So there you go. I've solved that problem for you. Uh, yeah, okay. but I heard... But, but, yeah, but wait, wait, wait. We, here's what we can do. We can hire somebody to bring in one of those small <laughs> little video cameras, right? And then we can, we can hawk VHS tapes like Rob Feinstein... <laughs> Yeah, but it, you've forgotten you might in, risk incurring the wrath of uh, Officer Liger. So. Oh, good point. That's, that's a, that is I don't a good know point. if he's retired. <laughs> I, don't, I know Yushin Thunder Liger retired from active wrestling duty, but we don't know if he's retired from being a, an active police officer. So best good not point. to take that risk, huh? Uh, yep. Okay, let's go uh, talk about these match announcements for the D4DJ Groovy Mix Presents Summer what? Struggle in Jingu. So we've had some... Well, the card has been announced, basically, apart from the, the KOPW thing. So the match lineups at the moment, we've got six matches for this stadium show. And we will be having the first match of Master Wato versus Yoshinobu Kanemaru in a special singles match. Second match will be the KOPW 2020 finals four-way match. The third match will be the Never Openweight Championship match between Shingo... In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We hype ourselves up thinking, ah, maybe I can pull a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view of all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now, when I buy Slab Packs at Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. I was able to open an Arena Club slab pack, and and I'll be honest, it was a lot better than what you normally do. Say you go to a card show, and there's a random innocuous brown bag of cards, and yeah, you can open it, and look, it's going to be junk. You're, you, you know what I mean? Like, you know what you're probably going to get in those. Maybe you find that fun, and sometimes I do. Sometimes I like just opening up cards and saying, oh, hey, look at some random cards or whatever, but if you're really in this game to, to find value and find particular cards, it sucks to have to buy these mystery packs, and it ends up being, you know, almost nothing. You know, nothing of value. Not with Arena Club. You can display, again, of all available cards, hit rates, grading. So you know that when you're opening up the slab pack, you are going to get something valuable. You are getting something good. And Arena Club, in addition to having those great slab packs we just talked about, is also a marketplace for card collecting, buying, trading, selling, displaying, all that sort of stuff. But those Arena Club slab packs, man, they are revolutionizing the repack game with transparency. After your polls are revealed, they'll immediately be placed in your vault for safekeeping or trading and selling, and you can have them officially graded by Arena Club as well. So again, setting these things off, it's going to be officially graded by Arena Club. And the Arena Club grading process is accurate, fast, and transparent with full grade rationale provided and explanation of how your card was scored. So whether you're buying, selling, trading, or displaying, Arena Club is the card collecting platform that you 
have to check out. So right now, I've got a special offer here for Voices of Wrestling Network listeners. You can get 10% off of your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Now, that's a crazy offer. That's 10% off a $400 slab pack. $40 off right there. 10% off your first purchase. No matter what that purchase is, 10% off. Again, that's arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net. Arenaclub.com slash V-O-W-Net for 10% off your first purchase on Arena Club. And we thank them for sponsoring the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Takagi and Minoru Suzuki. Fourth match, junior heavyweight title match, Hiromu versus Ishimori. Fifth match, tag team title match with Ibushi and Tanahashi against Zack and Taichi. And then the main event, heavyweight and intercontinental double championship match, Naito against Evil. Now that, only six matches, relatively short, but that looks like a pretty fucking good card to me, Damon. That is a fantastic show, actually. In a nice outdoor stadium. I'll tell you what. They showed you know little clips when they were doing little hype videos for this show. I'm excited. That's gonna. Ha- I don't know if I'm if I'm if I'm worried about five thousand people in a uh, baseball stadium and how the, what the optics would be of that. I think it's. I think it's going to be cool. I think it's going to. I think it's going to look good. I think it's going to smell good. I think it's going to be. It's going to feel like pro wrestling. Uh, it's going to feel like a big event, and the show itself is red hot. That's a fucking great show. I mean, that's that's pre-pandemic great. You know, there's no asterisk on this on this fucking show. This is a good on paper. That's a good fucking solid lineup. That's a good way to spend an afternoon and watch. Uh, heard a little rumor, Joel. Want to hear a little rumor? Yes, as I have a, a screaming five-month-old baby All right, pause that. All right, get yourself on mute. I got a rumor. Uh, uh, we're hearing that the possibility, possibility, and this might be, uh, this could go either way, as as I'm sure you, you would well know, but there is a rumor that they will be able to cheer in this open stadium. Cheering. Now, again, masks on. But imagine hearing the the sounds of cheering fans along with, and I will say this: these fans at Corkin have been fantastic, following the rules and clapping. You know where usually you would hear a chant, you got people just starting the, the hand clapping. It's great. So uh, hopefully, we'll hear voices cheering along along with the claps. Big stadium, big show. Look, I, I'm having I, I'm having trouble getting hyped. I think I think one of the big challenges I have with New Japan's comeback is the lack of fans, and and fans coming back is helps it me enjoy it more and more and more and more. And I think for a lot of people, it's been a little bit of a struggle to kind of get you know we we all jumped right back in when they opened back up with the New Japan Cup. And then it's we're kind of okay. We're coming along. We're coming along. We're coming along. And some people are much further along. Um, and it might be that other things are coming back that are distracting us. I, I need everybody to kind of recalibrate and refocus because this is a pretty fucking hot show that's coming up. What uh, a week or two um, that everyone 
should be excited for. This is a big show uh, in a year where we we really haven't seen that massive big show. This is to me. This is the first massive big show since the Dome. I just wanted to quickly talk about Shingo versus Suzuki because Shingo had an interview with Tokyo Sports and he said he wants to defend the Never title in a current blast death match. Uh, Takagi says, "Have we all lost our nerve, or is it the or is the popular period over? I want to set off big fireworks like a summer festival, like an outdoor festival. In that sense, I've also experienced blowing up. So I think it's possible to connect the history of 21 years ago with the history of the event." So the last time New Japan held a show in Jingu Stadium, it was main evented by the Great Muta versus the Great Nita in a no-rope explosion, barbed wire barricade, explosive landmine, double hell death match. What? So do you, do you think there's a chance that there is some sort of explosion gimmick for this Shingo Suzuki match? That's what I was hinting at uh, earlier uh, with my exploding. Uh, yes, I mean, look, we're outdoors. Uh, we are, you know, if we're going to set up some pyrotechnics, this is where to do it. We already have the COVID masks and the hazmat suits. We can have the referee. If, if they do this, if, if anything exploding, I need a countdown. I need, I, and I need those fucking air horns to go off. That would bring back the nostalgia. Oh, talk about the, 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 the nostalgia rub. How about that? Hearing that shit and, and watching eight pounds of fucking infield in dirt fly in the air. Great. I would love it. It would be different. It would be really outside the box. Fuck it. Let's take our dicks out and run around the block. <laughs> it's 2020. This is it. Come on, Harold. Come on, Harold. Get some balls. Let's make this happen. Let's get. Oh, let's oh, get they, some. They, they could have a karaoke match, David. Did you hear uh, Shingo's singing promo? I did. I don't want that. I want bombs. I want bombs. I want exploding. Whatever the fuck you just all just said. I want that. Come on, how great would that be? You don't mean that. I mean, here's the here's the problem though. None of these matches are particularly great, and and and. We all know that the explosions really are they're just, they're just, again, dust flying in the air, it turns out to be. The wrestlers really aren't in any peril whatsoever uh, when these explosion matches. It would be like, uh, oh, I don't know. It's, they're just not. Uh, but it's the idea of it. The idea of it. I remember I was at the ECW Arena show. It was um, Public Enemy. If you remember back in the day, Public Enemy uh, against, I want to say... Uh, Paul Diamond and Pat Tanaka, I could be wrong, but they had some type of exploding gimmick where they were they had a brawl up on the stage at the ECW arena. And uh there was supposed to be an explosion, but the explosion never went off. <laughs> like they had a technical failure. So the whole hype for this match that they've been hyping for weeks of something blowing up never happened. And everybody's like, what the fuck? It was hilarious. I gotta find that. That was I forget what show that was. Somebody can help us, I'm sure. But yeah, it, the the explosion never really quite went off. Um, that won't happen here, Joel. We have trained professionals in Japan for the explosion. Uh, let's do it. I'm all in for that. That that would get me hyped. Just 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 to talk about an explosion death match here in 2020 would be fucking great. 
We also got the uh, official announcement of this Golden Aces versus Dangerous Techers match. And I wanted to take a moment to discuss that because it's getting rave reviews. Uh, Andrew says, when was the last time, if ever, the Tag Championship had a story compelling enough to semi-main event the second biggest show of the year? Taichi's been one of the MVPs of the COVID era and all the people who still think he's bad are hurting my feelings. And Tiger Driver Lou says, is Dangerous Techers versus Tanahashi and Ibushi the 2020 feud of the year? Great promos with some unusual for New Japan elements. Forgetful Ibushi, existential crisis Tanahashi both Taichi and Sabre with some hilarious lines also Doki in the ECW Stevie Richards with Raven Roll uh, so yeah I think we should give this feud the flowers that it deserves because it's been terrific you know we've been praising it for months and I've also really enjoyed what they've done over the past week or so with it where they've teased uh Ibushi maybe having to find a new partner. You know, we're even on this podcast talking about who's his new partner going to be. Uh, and even Suzuki Gun inviting Ibushi to join them. We've had moments where dangerous techers have been holding Tanahashi and saying, come on, you know, give him a kick or whatever. Uh, backstage promos where Ibushi has sort of turned his back on Tanahashi and walked off being disappointed and this kind of slow build and you're thinking, which way is it going to go? And then they had that moment in the match where they, you know, they've they've got him on his knees, dangerous techers. They've got Tanahashi on his knees, and you, you think, you know, is Ibushi going to turn on him and you know Kamagoya him in the face because we've got this long running story where he's talking about Tanahashi being God, and of course Kamagoya is the God Killer, I believe it translates as. But then it's all turned to be, you know, the, the heroic moment of reconciliation and, and redemption of them as they reunited in the ring and back in full force. Uh, Tanahashi getting the cradle win over Taichi to redeem himself but you know it's not a convincing win it's I I just feel this whole story just between Ibushi and Tanahashi themselves has been really cleverly done where you've had those little seeds of discord that I've thought you know is this going to go down a dark path but in the end it hasn't they've reunited and they're going to have another crack at the belts and I think they're probably likely to win them but it's cleverly just flip things around to set up Ibushi as the stronger, as the top guy in that tag team. Where, uh, you know, we've had Tanahashi backstage saying to Ibushi, you have to be God now. So it's told this little story where uh, Tanahashi is like, oh, I'm not sure if I've got it anymore. And Ibushi's going to have to do the heavy lifting, but Tanahashi's still going to be giving his best for the team. See, uh, you nailed it right on, right on the head. It, it, this is... You know, people love to throw around the term long-term storytelling, like they know what the fuck they're talking about. And to me, we have had countless years in various other lands and universes where the idea of long-term storytelling is taking a hammer and beating it over your fucking head, right? And what you so eloquently described is a master class in subtle gifts and subtle treats and little Easter eggs along the path where, again, the, basics, the, the basic concept is, as general as pro wrestling gets, two teams fighting over a tag title, um, which, again, for New Japan is, is a bit of a... Uh, novel concept to make that interesting and fun and entertaining, right? We've, we've struggled for years, and this year, it's front and center. And it might be my feud of the year, and it might be my, you know, the uh, uh, most interesting program in all of New Japan so far. Uh, 
And along the ride of two teams fighting over these titles, you do have these tiny little Easter eggs and nuggets to help carry along little sub-stories within the mix. That again, it's not about pounding you over the fucking head with it. It's just little things, little tiny things to help that eventually when when you go back and be like, oh, that happened, this happened, that happened, oh, that make, and it, you know there's a payoff. Now, we don't know what that payoff is. It's speculation. Yeah, sure. Uh, you know, is, is Ibushi going to turn heel? Is a, is everything going to be all right? And, and over above that, you have the idea of, again, titles meaning something and, and being a focal point in this company, which is, again, a good feeling and something that we've been pining for for years. Yeah. And along the line, you have... Zach and Taichi, which have become one of my favorite tag teams uh, in general. And also, great, the evolution of Tai Chi, just adding another layer to his to his uh resume uh and and removing the shackles of 2016, 17, and even 18 to a certain degree of oh, I roll, it's Tai Chi. Right? I I'm I'm telling you, I, the people who still do that? They just miss the bus, man. I, I you know, this that happens all the time. That happens all the time. It happens with music. It happens with film. It happens. It happens with everything. You know, people get stuck in their lane and they can't see the. They can't see outside of it. Pfft, missing the boat on that one. So yeah, it it uh, for me, an absolute highlight of 2020 has been this feud. Um, and yeah, it's great that they're in a prominent position on a, on a big show, um, where again, not only is it about those titles, it's about, okay, so what's going on with Tana and Ibushi? Yeah. I, I think that's the payoff here for the story. It's Ibushi ultimately taken over as the Hontai leader and just a really refreshing way of doing it. Like uh, other promotions might just go with a tried and tested story with a direct one-on-one feud between them where they have a singles match and the winner uh, is the top guy but just doing it through the conduit of them being on the same side and supporting each other and helping each other and winning those tag titles not only does it get over that story in a really compelling way but also helps to elevate the tag division and the tag titles and whoever they're facing as their opponents along the way so yeah great job from New Japan there Um, did you see yeah go ahead no, I'm sorry. I, I, the only thing I want to add is is that and they treat these people like human beings. You know what I mean? Like nothing is over the top hokey. Nothing is just like ugh. Why would no human being would react? You know what I mean? Like it's it it's it's people can the, pro wrestling works the best when you hit a human emotion, not fantasy. It, it, that's when people talk about realism in pro wrestling. A lot of it has to do with this, you know what I mean? Not, you know, Akira Maeda stiff-kicking somebody in the fucking mush, even though that is pretty fucking great. Um, it's this. Well, like it's, other it's, companies where you'd have the the perennial star of the company, even if they're, you know, in their late 40s or 50s or whatever, coming back and just destroying everyone. Yeah, you know, I'm still the number one guy. This is a, a real-life story of a guy who is coming to terms with his own decline and saying to his partner... I don't know if I can do this anymore, and I'm scared that I'm going to let you down. Right, right. That, I mean, again, we're not talking about a film. We're talking about pro wrestling, right? Isn't that, isn't that, isn't that nice to hear? 
Isn't that isn't that a fucking storyline? People could be like, okay, I can I can see this. Okay, I can feel where somebody's coming from. Ah, that's good. You know what I mean? That's good pro wrestling. Again, I love a physical, hard hitting match. I love all that. You know that. Blah 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 blah. But this this is what really makes pro wrestling. It's this. It's the it's the emotion that you feel, so that when you do get that classic match, and you do get that match that 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 rattles your cages, it feels even more impactful. Thank you. Did you see this uh, website article with Ibushi giving life advice to fans? Because I've got a quote here for you. This is Ibushi saying, if I start to feel that I'm having a run of bad days or I'm not feeling too great, I'll make sure to do something completely opposite for a while. I'll do the exact opposite of what I'm thinking. If I think I'd like to make a run to the convenience store, I won't go. If I think I'm feeling hungry, I won't eat. (laughs) Or I will eat if I'm not in the mood. And then he's talking about uh, his life expectancy. He says, I think I could live to the age of 200, actually. There's really unlimited potential in human beings. I mean, a lot of people die in their 80s, but these days, 100 isn't all that out of the ordinary. 120 is just about the record, right? I think taking all I can do into account, I live with the intention of making it to 150. So not only does he want to win the tag titles and become the leader of Hontai, he's also aiming to live to 150 years old. Okay, So, so what you're saying is, is for at least... 50 of those years, your quality, you're going to be shitting your pants, Kota Obushi. You, you do understand that, right? You might be alive, but are you alive at that point? Um, no, I want to go out. I don't want to see 100. No, I don't want to. I don't want to. Imagine me at 100. Imagine the physical state I would be in if I were 100. You got to be kidding me. I would not want that. No, I, 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 I. I Passionately, now again, if I could have Kota Obushi's body at a hundred years old, not him as a, at a hundred years old, but you know, having him that right now and be a hundred, yeah, I would do it. I'd be if I could have like vampire rules where I look great all the time uh, and I live forever. Yeah, great, I'm sign me to fuck up. I'll be the first person in line. But the idea of shitting my pants at 150 years old, eating fucking creamed corn, does not turn me on in any way, shape, fashion, or uh, possibility. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, I, I've taken those sort of like funnier quotes uh, out of the article, but it, genuinely, he, he does give some very thoughtful, heartfelt, uh, wise advice to these people who are writing in with their problems. So yeah, worth a read. Well, give me some. Give me some answers. Maybe I could use some of it. Um, I haven't written any of them down. So let's son of a bitch. The next point. Uh, just stick it. One last thing with this Jingu Stadium show. Uh, Jay White has tweeted eight oh, slash twenty nine. Is he just yanking our chain at this point? Yeah. Or I mean, do you think, is there any chance that he appears, you know, declares himself at the G1 or some sort of fuckery with this KOPW match or attacking Okada after that? I, I do think he will be there in some form in the show. I think what they're doing is this. And this is from... This is from a trusted oh, also, source. Th- sorry, I just want to jump in because he hasn't been featured in any of the promotional stuff for NJPW Strong. He's not announced on any of those cards. So right. a lot of people are thinking maybe he's trying to make his way back to Japan. Well, here's here's the, the same person, the same person at uh, Narita uh, in security who held back Kenny Omega is now going to allow Jay White in. He's going to sneak him into the country. <laughs> well, I tell you, my idea of the Discord, David, that uh, in the we get to the closing stretch of uh, Evil versus Naito, and it's been like a you know really good match, very clean, no interference. 
And then you get, uh, you know, Dick Togo getting involved, uh, Jado's getting involved, Ghetto's getting involved. Um, and then you have a, a Chinook helicopter descending from the sky. Because <laughs> if it's a helicopter, they don't have to go through customs, right? So a Chinook helicopter, ropes coming down the side, and then rappelling down from the helicopter, you get the returning members of the book club. So you've got, you know, Gorillas of Destiny, Bad Luck Farley, El Phantasmo, and then you've got those guys brawling with the new Bullet Club guys in the middle of the ring. So there's like 10 people in the ring going back and forth, absolute chaos. And then suddenly Jay White's music hits. He stalls the ring, you know, like Stone Cold did in 2001. And Jay White's giving Blade Runners left and right. Everyone's getting a Blade Runner and people are logging into their grapple app and like smashing the 0.25 button to express their <laughs> displeasure. <laughs> the lack of work. What is this? <laughs> uh, I love it. I love the idea of the helicopters coming in. And they got to play the... Uh, I love it. Rent the helicopters, Harold. Book it. Okay, let's uh, just talk about the G1 Climax then, because they oh. did make some announcements uh, during these Korakuen shows with a very ambitious schedule. So they're going to start September 19th in Osaka, and it will culminate in three consecutive nights October 16th, 17th, 18th at Ryogoku Kokugikan in Sumo Hall in Tokyo and yeah they are going all over the place here so like I said they're doing Osaka they're doing Hokkaido uh, Kobe they've got a few nights at Korakuen we're doing Niigata Kagawa Hiroshima Okayama Osaka again Aichi Shizuoka Kanagawa so yeah, this is more than I was expecting, given the somewhat precarious nature of the COVID situation in Japan at the moment. And it, just, it looks like a, a regular G1 schedule to me. Jason asked, all Japan just announced a small field for the carnival. Do you think the New Japan will try to have their normal 20 for the G1 or go smaller as well? I mean, based on this schedule, it just looks like the regular 20-man G1. They did yeah. release a little bit of news saying that the A-block wrestlers won't be on the B-block shows and vice versa. So presumably they're going to have a squad of like undercard guys, you know, like the young lions and the dads, uh, the people who are not in the G1 doing the undercard matches and the undercard tag matches and then your G1 block matches, but you won't get the non, the people from the other block doing the undercard stuff, if, if that makes sense. So No, it does, yeah. Yeah, what are your thoughts on this? Look, uh, they... I like the fact that again they're they're giving us that G one flavor and, and they're at least on the pa- on paper and on the surface it feels like it's not much has changed. Um, again, they they they're going to make do with the roster that is there, but they're doing everything in their power to make it as authentic as possible. I I, I absolutely appreciate that. I saw that schedule and I did see like, ooh, they're okay. Just let's just make sure everybody's safe. That's that's a big concern. Um, I, I don't know what their testing schedule is, and I don't know if that is a big concern. I, you don't hear a lot about the testing going on inside of New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, now again, last week we talked about Hiroshi Tanahashi being near someone who did test, um, and everything seemed to be good. He was quarantined for a couple of days, apparently, from what I read. Um, okay, good. I'm curious as to how they're handling it within the bubble of New Japan Pro Wrestling. The last thing you would want are wrestlers. Like, th- to me, running shows at Corkin is a big difference 
uh, than getting on a bus, going to City A, doing a show, getting on a bus, going to City B, getting on a bus. You know, that does lend itself to a a little bit of trouble because you're not keeping these guys in a bubble. Show's over. They're going to go out and get a couple beers, get a couple, you know, some uh, ramen, if you will. So um, that that's my only concern. That's my only concern when it comes to that. But the idea of it on paper, that's a, that's a, that's a tough schedule. Um, there will be people that we wouldn't expect in this G1. I mean, and, and here's the, the thing. We always, every year, Joe, we get people, do you think they'll have this person in G1? Do you think this person will be in G1 from outside promotions? This is a year where you could do that, and it would be perfectly acceptable and perfectly understandable. Would they, and you don't have to give me names, and I'll give, you know, I'm going to put you in a spot for names. Do you think that we'll have outside influence in this year's G1? No, even with the somewhat depleted roster, I think they have more than enough people to put on a great G1 with 20 people. I just don't... What promotions would give their guys to New Japan? Just bearing in mind that the Champion Carnival and the the Noah one, the N1, are going to be running at the same time. So we've already had names announced for that. So I just... I can't see any any other company being like, yeah, sure, you can take our top guys. I don't see what they, they have to benefit from it. I think those days of collaboration between New Japan and other Japanese promotions are not gone forever, but for now they're gone. Because, I mean, I looked... I mean, let, let's try and think who's going to be in it. Because from... Just using guys who are in Japan at the moment, so these are 12 people who were in the G1 last year who were still in Japan and active at the moment. So we've got Okada, Naito, Sanada, Shingo, Ibushi, Tanahashi, Evil, Zack, Taichi, Ishii, Goto, Yano. So obviously... We are missing Moxley, Cobb, Osprey, Kenta, Juice, Archer, Jay, and Farley. So we've got eight spots here. Now, I'm sure, Damon, that we could, right now, give eight names who I didn't mention before that we could use to fill up those spots to make a really good 20-man G1. So, you know, you've got people who have entered it previously who haven't officially retired. We've got guys like Suzuki, Yoshihashi, Makabe, Kojima, you know, if you want to go lower down the, the pecking order, Yujiro, Honma, people like that. You've got Young Lions, we've got Suji, Gay Kids, Uemura. We've got Juniors, given this whole open weight vibe going on with Hiromu, Despi, Sho, Ishimori, Toguchi, Wato, Kanemaru, people like that. So, yeah, give me eight names of people who you would use to fill up those spots. From New Japan? I mean, people that haven't, that weren't in it. I mean, Hiromu would probably be front and center, right? Yep. Uh, we talked a little bit about El Desperado. Right? Yep. Um, Suzuki. Show. We okay. Show's going in. Suzuki. We putting Suzuki back in. Yeah. Sure. Absolutely. Um, um, Yoshihashi, our newly crowned, never openweight six man champion. Okay. Was Shingo in last year? Yes. Yeah. Well, he's back in. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so we've got three spots now. Okay. okay, I'll throw uh, some more names at you. Uh, Makabe, Kojima, either of those? Yeah, we talked about we talked about you know him you know, even with the idea with 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 Despi kind of being a, a spark to 
give a little sub story there. So yeah, I would say Kojima's in. All right. So now we have got two more spots. So we could have Makabe. I mean, you could fill. You, yeah, you could fill it with Makabe. I mean, okay. that's fine. He's been good recently. I'd be perfectly happy to have him in. And then we could have okay other names we haven't mentioned yet: Yujiro, Honma, Suji, Gay Kid, Uemura, uh, Ishimori, Taguchi, Wato. Who, who? Which of those do you think would have the your Master 20th? Wato? Right. All right, so wow. we're putting in Wato. Okay, so now we've got Okada, Naito, Sanada, Shingo, Ibushi, Tanahashi, Evil, Zack, Taichi, Ishii, Goto, Yano, Hiromu, Desperado, Sho, Suzuki, Yoshihashi, Kojima, Makabe, Wato. Perfectly great G1 there without the need to uh, fret over guys not being able to return or go sniffing around other companies. All right, I'm just saying that Chaos member uh, Sakuraba is in uh, Noah's tournament, all right? So... <laughs> <laughs> Right, I mean that. That I mean that's that's a talent swap, right? No, okay. He never really. He's a, he's a chaos member. What's he doing in this tournament? Is, is he a mole? Is he going on the cover to try and lead a chaos invasion? Saying. That's what I'm saying. Watch, watch. You you wait. You talking about Bullet Club repelling down from helicopters? You wait till Okada shows up at Noah. <laughs> My lord, imagine that. All right. Uh, what else we got? I know we're on a short, shortened time schedule due to my my nappy my my, my nappy. <laughs> what? <laughs> due to, uh, my nappy okay, right. Uh, t- two more things then uh, on All the right. docket. Uh, one is New Japan Strong. So we had the first round of matches. Let me get them up properly so I can uh, give you the details. So this was the New Japan Cup USA, which mm-hmm. debuted. Uh, I mean, it was. It, in terms of production, pretty similar to the Lions Break collision. But, of course, we had our first round of matches, and we had Kenta defeating Carl Fredericks in 9 minutes 59 with a go-to-sleep, uh, Jeff Cobb beating Tangaloa in 8 minutes 45 with Tour of the Islands, David Finley beating Chase Owens in 9 minutes 46 with a Prima Nocta, and Tamatonga beating Brody King in 7 minutes 14 seconds with the gun stun. So, uh, first of all, Damon, what did you think of Kenta's hair? <laughs> that was uh, that was a look, wasn't it? That was very uh, Paula Deanish. Um, I I don't want to say I was disappointed in any of the matches, but it was these. This was a this was a legitimate Saturday morning wake up with a with a bowl of cereal. I I never eat cereal, but you get my point. What? Um, Whoa! Yeah, There's a back c- up there. You you don't like cereal? Yeah, I've, I've never had cereal and milk. Wow, because cereal with milk is like one of my favorite things. I love cereal. I love like you know those American sugary breakfast cereals that give you diabetes. That yeah, is, that odd, is... oddly, yeah, oddly enough, no, I don't. I've never had it. I just find pouring milk over something and then eating it is like ugh. Like what? What the fuck is that? Like the whole concept of it is just fucking gross to me. Like name name me anything else where you're pouring milk over it and eating it. Uh, you Thank got you. me there. You got me there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, where, why, why are we doing it for this? Why is this okay? It doesn't I, make I would any sense. There are a lot of Thai desserts where they have coconut milk on things. Does that count, coconut milk? A dessert is out of the question because a dessert is something completely different. You can get crazy. You can get wacky with a dessert. I'm talking about a lunch, a dinner, a breakfast. Name me something that you're pouring milk over. This is like Family Feud. Name me something. <laughs> Top five answers on the board, y'all. Name me something that you pour milk over 
other than cereal and eat it. I can't. I can't do it. You've won the argument. Cereal is trash. <laughs> it's trash. It's trash. And it's not good for you, right? It's not good for you. Uh, listen to me. 30, old 31-pound Damon. Uh, it's not, I, know, I, I just I never go for it. Now, a fucking stack of pancakes and some bacon, some fucking over eggs, I'm down. I'll 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 crush that shit. A, a good a good breakfast sandwich. Oh, is there nothing better than a good breakfast sandwich? Oh, fucking great. All right, fuck Are me. Are you a I'm bagel fat. fan? You, I mean, yes. you, like when I went to New York, I absolutely smashed the uh, you know the classic everything bagel, uh, cream cheese, smoked salmon, red onion, tomato, capers. Oh, great, classic, fucking great. We have a we have a restaurant near us called Cinder Cinder Bar. Uh, they have outdoor dining, and uh, we go there for brunch every Sunday. We've gone for like a month, uh, and I get uh, a salmon eggs Benedict. Oh, it is so fucking good. I get it every time I go because I just I can't order anything else. So good. I look forward to that every fucking Sunday. Fatty, fatty, fatty McFatty. So, New Japan is strong then. I, th- I thought uh, Kenta versus Fredericks was pretty good. It kind of reminded me of like a, of a high, pa- fast-paced G1 match where it's just, you know, back and forth, they're really laying into each other. I like the fact like there's a kind of urgency and recklessness to Carl Fredericks' offense. Uh, it kind of reminds me of like Randy Orton when he used to be good. He's even sort of got yeah. a couple of similar moves. So, uh, but of course, uh, Kenta won, and Kenta looked like you know real classic Kenta there, just like basically kicking the shit out of this guy who, in I'm sure his eyes is like a jumped up young lion, and you know that's two big losses for Carl. He's lost his match to Jeff Cobb. He's lost in the first round to Kenta, mm-hmm. and Shibata's you know pouring scorn on him, t- talking about Carl's earring, and I quote: "This is Shibata." He says. Uh, talking about the earring I mean that's just dangerous I'd advise his opponent to just rip it out at some point perhaps then he'll learn it's a dumb move something as dangerous as that so uh, yeah what were your thoughts on the match and Carl Frederick's placement I thought it was good and again my point being was Saturday morning pro wrestling show is is what I was getting at and that's the feel I had Um, no match went over 10 minutes right so they were that's the one thing about these these U.S. shows that they, they've been doing, whether it's Strong or Lions, whatever the fuck it is, um, is the fact that these are easy watches. Like, if you've got, like, a half an hour, 45 minutes to kill, you could barrel through these shows. And, and you know, they're done in a, in a heartbeat. I mean, we went through a first round in an hour show. No, no match went over 10 minutes. Which is a little disappointing because I would have liked to have seen them go a little bit longer. But here's another thing. It kind of speaks to what Joel has been been you know, pounding on the table about, and even me to a certain degree, is that matches don't have to go 30 fucking minutes, right? It's good that it's under 10. Um, it makes sense. Kenta should be able to beat Carl Fredericks in 10 minutes. And if not... Okay, then then we're on another level with Carl Fredericks. Look, is it a little disappointing to see Carl Fredericks taking two losses? Okay, it's still young. He's just literally graduated from from uh, young lionness. So it's okay. I hate his fucking uh, his gear though. Oh, do I hate those tassels? What a passion! That stinks. 
Who thought that was a good idea? Tassels? Oof. Terrible look. You look like Marty Jannetty. Speaking of Marty Jannetty. <laughs> oh, God. No, 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 no. We're not talking about him. Uh, no? <laughs> no. Uh, James right. says, who is the sleepier boy, Alex Kozlov on comms or Damon at the Dome? Uh, yeah, the commentary was, uh, <laughs> it was not great, but there was, there was something kind of endearing about it. it. It kind of reminded me of when Yoshitatsu was with Matt Stryker for whichever Wrestle Kingdom show it was. Alex Kozlov was just like, yeah, this guy is crazy. Oh, it's going to be a great match, bro. It's just like really <laughs> lethargic, low effort. <laughs> A fucking Kevin Kelly was throwing him uh, softballs, and the one that he that he gave uh, in return was, yeah. Uh, listen, uh, when you're in that ring, uh, it's hard when there's no fans because you can't feed off you. You can't get any extra energy if there's you know when there's no fans. And I'm like, how in the fuck would you know? What wrestling <laughs> wrestling in like nowhere, New Jersey on an independent show is the closest thing that you have to that. But even then, there were like three fans there. Um, I was just like, how would you know? Uh, and look, I, I, I think everybody was speculating that it's you know Rocky throwing the guy a bone, giving him a shot. Um, it was a weird choice, wasn't it? Like, I, like, I, I just scratch my head sometimes and think. Where do they come up with these people doing comment? Like, if you look through the history of English commentating and the people Kevin Kelly has had to wet nurse through, you know? I mean, he's had so many different fucking partners uh, throughout the years that he's had to adjust. <laughs> it's just it could amazing. Could have been worse, Damon. Maybe the one or two names that could have slipped through the net and <laughs> really brought the company to its knees. Oh, who are you referring to? <laughs> uh, you, you figure out. <laughs> <laughs> well, what, 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 I think. Uh, I think. This, I, imagine if that. Imagine, imagine if that happened. <laughs> we, get, we get that phone call. We got your demo, boys. <laughs> you can, here's your plane tickets. Get, get sign you up. Uh, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, and I don't give a fuck. I Kevin, Kevin, I've pooed myself. <laughs> Uh, imagine Kevin getting that phone call. Yeah, we got we got a guy. We got two guys for you. It's a three man booth. Oh, great! Who you got? Uh, what? <laughs> Kevin puts in his papers, signs with WWE. Two weeks later, <laughs> I ain't dealing with these fucking idiots. Uh, listen, I'll deal with fucking Caprice Coleman or whatever. He was good, Caprice with, Coleman. He was good. Yeah, he was good. He was good. He got. Here's the thing with him. He got better as it went along. Like, again, nerves, you're fucking doing it for, you know, it, 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 you know, I thought, I thought we were good, Joel. <laughs> we were, we were great, right. but no one's ever going to hear those tapes, so take those with us. Maybe, maybe, that's the, that's the Patreon, that's the Patreon, that's what, that's what we do, we put those fuckers up. I, I'll tell you what I had a dream of, speaking of dreams and, and taking pills, and this is, this is legit, I had a dream that we did a show where Kevin Kelly listened to those tapes and it was like a roast of us oh my and god kevin kelly and kevin kelly <laughs> and kevin kelly critiqued them um and we were just cringing we were just like oh my god and he was just laying the fucking boots to us it was hilarious 
Uh, but I had a dream, and I was going to actually pose it to you. But being that now we're talking about it on our show, <laughs> maybe maybe it happens. And it's a Patreon. People have to pay like five bucks to listen to this audio of Kevin Kelly just fucking burying it. That would be funny, actually. I thought it was good, though. I thought we did okay. All right, anyway, go ahead. <laughs> uh, okay, so we're looking at a preview for the upcoming um, New Japan Strong show. Uh, this Friday, we got... Jordan Clearwater and Clark Connors versus Barrett Brown and Logan Regal. Second match, this is an interesting one. We've got Blake Christian, Mysterioso, and PJ Black against the team of TJP, Alex Zane, and ACH. ACH back in a New Japan ring, which is great news. I'm, I love ACH. I'm really excited to see him wrestling for New Japan again. And we've got our semi-finals, David Finley against Tamatonga and Jeff Cobb against Kenta. So uh, what are you looking forward to there? ACH. I'm looking forward to that. I feel like that's a guy that... Um you know, after the WWE T-shirt bullshit, uh, you, you didn't hear from him, and it looked like he, he kind of wanted to step away a bit from the the, the great world of pro wrestling. Um, maybe, hopefully, it was his choice in that. I'm I'm happy. I loved him in New Japan. I thought he was fantastic in New Japan. Um, I wish they would sign him. Oh, can you imagine really a, a ACH and Watto tag team? Be great! I'd be in on that. Yes. Why not? Like, you know, dressing up as superheroes. It'd be so cool. Kids would love it. Yes. I, I'm not, and again. I'm not saying put the fucking heavyweight strap on him, but I am. I'm, do I'm, it. I'm, <laughs> are you? No. Oh, let's fucking do it. Twenty twenty. Come on. Dicks out. Uh, I'm. I'm in. I'm. I'm very. I'm actually very excited to see ACH. Um, and hopefully it it uh, turns into bigger and brighter things. Question from Bork. Did you hear Rocky on Wrestling Observer Radio talking about the US title? The plan is to challenge Mox, but it could be at a later date or outside US slash Japan. Is it plausible it could be defended in a third-party country like Canada? No. Well, it won't be airing on New Japan, right? I don't no. think... Well, you know what? Maybe. Could they Could they do that? Uh, Canada won't bring them in, though. Just, we're still on quarantine. I, I think it's going to be like briefcase title defense gimmick until they're ready to do something in Japan. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 that's the only way it would be. Uh, again, there would have to be some type of ruling saying, okay, we're, COVID situation is a little bit different. He'll hold on to the title. We can't get him into the country, blah, blah, blah. Um, could they do the show in Canada? They could, but again, US, you got to be, if you go to Canada, I know this, if you go to Canada, you got to be quarantined for 14 days as of right now, right? And I don't see that ending anytime soon for us dirty, filthy Americans. Um, so, yeah. Um, that future challenge will be in the future for sure. Sticking with the USA, uh, I know Juice isn't taking part in this competition because of his leg injury, but I, I touched on his uh, interview last week with TalkSport, but I left out the funniest quote here. So the interview says, I recall back in the G1 in 2016, you scored a huge win over Kenny Omega. How important was that win to you and helping establish the Juice Robinson name in Japan so you know you're thinking this is like the biggest win of his career he's going to be talking yeah you know that's the match that helped me you know make me uh, you know up and coming star I think about that match every day and what it did for me no this is what Juice says I forgot about it until just now it was one great night of many but yeah it was fun nice little crowd reaction <laughs> I love Juice he's the best I tell you a lot of these guys you know, like Will Ospreay needs to take some fucking social media lessons from Juice that just log off <laughs> to, to, yep. and, and 
don't take yourself so seriously. I'm going to say this. Imagine the fun that Juice has by not having a social media account. You know what I mean? Look, he's got to worry about other people around him, you know, fucking snapping pics and fucking live streaming and all that nonsense. But, you know, he's uh, if he's surrounding himself with the, with good people, not not fucking burying their head, you know, heads in social media. Imagine the fun that dude's having. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh. and I just love the way, you know, he's, he's talking about these big wins, pinning Kenny Omega, winning the tag titles at Tokyo Dome, beating Cody for the US title at Tokyo Dome, and he does not give a fuck. It's like, it means nothing to him. It's just the whole weekend's just a drunken blur for him, and he wakes up the next day with a headache, and is like, oh, yeah, uh, that was fun. Forgets it, move on to the next match. Yep, yep, absolutely. It's juice. I would expect nothing less, right? Good for him. Uh, business news here just a couple of quick points uh, there's an interview with Harold May in Tokyo Economics Weekly he says New Japan want to have their own 3,000 person capacity venue and they're in the process of looking for that uh, New Japan world subscribers were down 10% during the pandemic which was less of a drop than they expected and numbers went back to normal once they started doing shows again uh, it's approximately 100,000 subscriptions and just under 40% of them from abroad so uh, any of that news surprise you? not really I mean you have to consider People were trying to cut costs at all corners. Um, no new content being shown. I mean, they tried. They had you know, you know, stuff that they tried to do um, with Zoom, you know, and all that shit. But uh, no, that's not, and it's not a huge drop. You know, it's not a huge drop. But that news um, about them looking. And- getting their own venue that would be pretty cool um you know maybe they would stop using uh being so heavily reliant on Korakuen if they have their own venue which is larger than that yeah they've they've kind of from what i understand they've always had that as one of their goals um and you know does that doesn't necessarily mean it has to be a pro wrestling arena they can do other things and make money off renting that out that space out depending upon if it's multifunctional um, it doesn't just have to be a New Japan-only building. Um, now, they could make it a New Japan-only building and uh, you know, have, have a, a training facility that might be a little bit more modern than, say, the dojos. Possibility. Um, there is something about Cork and Hall, though, and the history that's there. And, you know, it's kind of like, you know, you don't want the fucking New York Yankees to move out of Yankee Stadium and go play at some fucking jit bag field, right? You want them, you know, there is there is something to be said about that fucking elevator ride to the fifth floor and that, that wood floor and uh, those delicious chicken fingers. <laughs> there, is, there is something to be said about those bleachers and those incredibly uncomfortable orange seats. It's a lot of history in that building, so... um. From a financial perspective, having your own building, though, that I mean, you cry once, you pay, you know, you pay for it, and and then you you reap the benefits from it. So, and a modern facility, eh. I'm I'm fifty fifty. I'm actually sixty forty. I wish they, I mean, Cork and Hall means a lot, but I understand the idea of having your own building. It makes business sense. Do you want to do one question before we finish up? 
Yes, I do. I, let's do one question before we leave. One question from our good friends, friend of the show, Manabu. Uh, we I love miss Manabu. Him. I, miss he, him. Yeah, I miss him. I haven't him talked too. to him in a while. Gave us all those lovely snacks and every flavor of Strong Zero before Tokyo yeah. Dome. So we, yeah. you, you want to answer his question, right? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, here it comes. Kenny's done a thing. What do you think of Kenny Omega's comments about Evil and New Japan? So here's the quote from Kenny. The new Bullet Club is pathetic. When I saw Evil, he reminds me of the villain from Ghostbusters 2. I know he's trying to look cool. Congrats to Evil, double champion. Wow, but kind of pathetic. The standard was far high when I was there. I was the best bout machine. Is that real? Yes. That's a real quote. Yeah. (laughs) We're doing this again, real or fake. (laughs) <laughs> that was one of our best bits, by the way. Speaking of 2020 uh, greatness, that yes, was 2020 uh, Episode 90, so I go back and listen to it often, and every time it makes me laugh. Me too. I so swear, every time I'm down. Enjoy the smell of my own farts. <laughs> it really is. Go back and listen to it. It's so funny. I do it all the time. That is a real quote from Kenneth Omega. Wow. I'm not, you know, here's the thing. To this day, our Discord, there's not a week that goes by. And listen, he, he does it with quotes like these. But there's not a fucking week that goes by where Kenny Omega is not a topic of discussion. And it's just like, I'm over it. Like, I don't, I'm, uh, I'm going to go so far as to say, I don't give a fuck what Kenny Omega says at this point. He is, he, Kenny, Kenny Omega is absolutely irrelevant to to New Japan Pro Wrestling and to to quite honestly my wrestling watching in 2020. Like I don't give a f- I, there's nothing Kenny Omega has done in the past f- fucking year where I'm like I it, that means anything to me. He can say all he wants. He can fucking. Like, like people bust. Uh, listen, for, and Jim Cornette is—he has absolutely his faults, and and I know we've said we wouldn't mention the name, and he has his, his fucking wacky, crazy, dare I say, racist uh, thoughts. Uh, he does the same thing, you know what I mean? He just loves to fucking stir the pot, and that's all this is to me. That's all that is. Is Kenny just? Fucking seeing if he can get a rise out of people, and and I'm not taking the beat. Sorry, it it that that he I, honestly he doesn't even believe that statement. Like like he doesn't even believe that statement. So, uh, I'm gonna go. Fuck you. <laughs> I'm moving on. <laughs> okay, let's uh, take it home then, and go to our plugs and closing shit. Okay, redcircle.com forward slash shows forward slash super dash j dash cast if you want to show some appreciation show some love give us some money we will be very grateful for that you can join our discords and the link to that is in the show notes and also pinned to the twitter prowrestlingtees.com forward slash super j cast if you want to get one of our t-shirts as my good friend and fellow smartcaster alan purchased our uh, super j chibi top with our lovely ah. faces on it so I think there might be a promotion running at the moment. I'm not doing a good job promoting it, but I think you can get a discount at the moment. So yeah, go and get yourself a shirt. Be cool, like Alan. Ah, oh, miss Alan. I, I went to 
Rescue Kingdom 12 with him on my first trip to uh, Tokyo Dome. Oh, what a great day that was. I'll always cherish that. Uh, big Bushi fan, Alan. He went to that show wearing his Bushi mask, so they do exist. Uh, massive thanks to Editor Dan. So you can find him on Twitter at LousyHero219. And they got a new song, Escape the Box. They got their, their new song out, 219. Have you heard that one yet, Damon? I have. Uh, again, a great sound from Escape the Box. I mean, look, they're doing great things. It seems like every fucking week they come out with some a new tune that's better than the last. Um, and I don't know how they do it. I, I, I told Dan himself, I was like, Dan, where the fuck are you getting all these songs? Every week, it's something new. I can't keep up. Um, but again, this is, uh, give them a listen. They're a band. They're a legit band. Um, this is They sound great. The production is great. The tunes are great. You can get them at all your streaming, wherever you stream music. Escape the box is what you want to fucking type into that search engine. Give them a listen. Uh, I know Dan would definitely appreciate it. And uh, you might even become a new fan. How about that? You can subscribe to the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network for other great shows. Please give us a five snake review on iTunes and some kind words because it helps us move up the rankings. We don't get those very often. So if you are a regular listener and you haven't done that yet, please do take the time to do it. Uh, I will really appreciate it. Follow us on Twitter at the Super Thank you everyone for listening and goodbye. Goodbye.